اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم ان دا نیم آف اللہ دا موسٹ گریشیس ایو میسفو السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ پیس اینڈ بلیسنگز آف اللہ بی اپن یو او Welcome to another edition of the Wednesday Breakfast Show. It is the 7th of February 2024. You are joined here in the studio by myself, Muhammad Atar, your usual Wednesday presenter, and brother Nuruddin Jangir. How are you doing this morning, brother? Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you. I'm doing wonderful. Uh, looking forward to a very special yes, show today. Yes, a very special show today yeah. indeed. We've got a jam-packed show as it is, I believe, the um, sixth sixth uh, anniversary of uh, the voice of islam since it's been inaugurated it was inaugurated in 2016 uh, i believe on the 7th of february and uh, the 8th and anniversary i apologize the 8th anniversary of the voice of islam radio and uh, we have you know a great lineup of uh, very esteemed guests that we will be st- speaking to um shortly and then we will be discussing this in a greater depth and for the first segment of the morning we will be discussing what is going on in the Gaza conflict and as uh, you know uh, what what is really happening over there and what the update of that is but before that as always we do discuss the news and the weather uh, so what is what is going on uh, in today's world well a lot of the the papers um, today you can see they they're yes. highlighting um, you know the news about the sad news about um, the king the king yes and how um prince harry has come to 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 visit him as well um you can see all the all the headlines all the the main papers they're saying how like the daily telegraph is saying harry's dash to see father um the metro says harry i'm here for you pa and then the daily express says how harry's show of love cheers the king um of course um king charles has been diagnosed with um with cancer yes. um, but they said that they you know they've caught it on a, an early stage which is good so hopefully the treatment will be that is ongoing will um will hopefully uh, resolve the issue or at least reduce the pain and make things easier um so they all you know they take there's a lot of the the news have covered how you know the prince of wales um could attend his father's in uh, could attend in his father's place but william has made it clear that his priority is to support his wife and children he'll be at two events in windsor and london today but no further duties um are scheduled this week um and will be with Catherine Princess of Wales and the children during the half term break. Mm. The Sun also says that you know Rishi Sunak is thinking of holding the general election in October rather yes. than November. Yes. And you know because the, it also says that you know the prime minister is worried about the upheaval should Donald Trump win the US election on the 5th of November. So kind of um before before <laughs> you know the storm comes kind of get the the election out of the way as well. Yes. Because you know turbulent times will be ahead. No, um, but should should uh, you know Donald Trump win? What? Why would that affect our country's politics? I mean, I get it's a different party and you know different views and stuff. I think some would say that if you if you remember back when um, Brexit was happening back yes. at that time, yes, Donald Trump was very vocal about how it should be done hmm. and how he would have got it done, yes, and how he's happy to you know do deals with the with the UK hmm. post Brexit. but then some of those promises weren't really fulfilled the way that they um they envisioned in, yes. envisioned yes so i think you know broken promises is is probably one thing that some people are you know a bit wary about i mean essentially we see this across all politicians Absolutely. across the board yeah. worldwide you know <clears throat> they do promise us one thing and then uh, once they get elected we yeah, don't really see see it happening yep. let's be honest uh but you know that's that's kind of a, yes. a feature when it comes to <laughs> to certain 
parties within the the British government mm-hmm. or within the British um you can say political body there are thoughts and prayers go out to the king Absolutely, uh, yeah. and uh, you know his family as well may uh, <clears throat> may god almighty grant him a speedy recovery i mean uh so in other news the london mayoral election is also coming up and sadiq khan says he does not believe polls giving him 20 points lead over susan hall saying that he's been in this game for he's been in the in this business for far too long and uh, you know people are most likely i guess you know tired of him because he's he's been the mayor for for a very long time right since yeah. i can remember i mean a lot of more people a lot of people have the issues about how you know knife crime has um increased exponentially under his watch as well yeah um but i i i question how much um how much and being the mayor is a big thing but hmm. how much funding and all that comes into play as well in yes. terms of how much uh, he can actually control the issue It, is, it has been on the rise. I mean, like the I think uh, the stuff that like comes into mind about Sadiq Khan is the stuff that he's done is about like TFL, yeah, the Ulez, and you know the bike lanes, yeah. Th- those are like the three, four main Ex- things yeah. that comes to mind. That's true. That's like his legacy that he's leaving behind. Um, and you either ha- love them or you hate them. So. Of course, yes. So a lot of people are against you know cyclists, <laughs> more cyclists <laughs> on the road, um, and some people are saying that it's like kind of a war on the motorists. Hmm. um with the Ulez zone in particular yes. so But, you know obviously um you know you can't just you, you blindly use the argument that um, you know we are a small nation small island nation whose carbon footprint compared to the rest of the world where the bigger emissions are produced is yeah. nothing because then if everyone uses that argument nothing would be done right Absolutely. no emissions would be reduced everyone needs to look at their, their, their of course their of course yeah. but <laughs> it is a valid argument in the sense that we really are a small island nation and our carbon footprint is not as big as compared to the other bigger industries the other bigger nations of the world which contribute to it a lot higher so there is that argument as well and uh, you know maybe we can discuss this later on at a different time yeah speaking of the health as well the times uh, highlights labor shadows health secretary wes streeting's pledge to steamroller the food industry into mm. promoting healthier products to tackle obesity um that's another problem that people people are fear you can say in terms yes. of brexit yes. that um you know after the deal was done after we're out of the <clears throat> the eu um would we be importing like a lot of uh, mm. less healthy food let's say from from the us and other places where you can see there yes. are major health issues um, because of all the you know the different kind of artificial foods that are there and sweet because and you know the uh, the price there was a news article as well recently because yeah. it like the deal is basically done right now mm. so the uh food prices are especially organic food and stuff it's going to be on the rise yeah so yeah let's see if more people i guess they will be resulting to you know cheaper junk food i guess because you know you could essentially go to like KFC or something get a small meal for like 2 3 pounds whereas obviously it's not going to be as healthy or you can rely on crisps and really chocolate. quickly as well really quickly as well yeah get you a quick fix but uh, obviously that's not the way to go but uh, let's see uh, let's see how how it unfolds right so yeah. hopefully you know something can be done about it i mean in, in terms of sticking on that kind of the topic of health more towards the mental health now the guardian mm. has reported that uh, on data from the royal college of psychiatrists which found that a number of children referred for emergency mental health care in England and that that soared by more than 50% between 2019 and 
I think a lot of it might might be to do with um, you know with with the COVID and the being yeah. isolated so much. Definitely um, could be. You know, there's a lot. There's been a lot of talk about. I don't have figures in front of me, but mm. we can all see. We all, you know, what we we went through and yes. the kind of experience. And it's kind of surreal just to think mm. about that was a time where that's everyone all post, was indoors uh, on social media as well. Where now the pandemic is in apparently like school textbooks as well. Yes. So yeah, yes. It's, yeah. it's come to that time. Yeah, it's, part it's, it's, it's part of history now, yeah. right? Officially. <laughs> so yeah, it could be. And you know, you were speaking about obesity earlier as well. You mm-hmm. know, in uh, some of our previous shows, we've discussed how. influencers around the world uh how they you know speak about body positivity yeah right but you know obviously you know body positivity is a good thing you shouldn't be like you know you shouldn't uh that leads to the topic that we're speaking about right now mental health as well yeah because it can really affect your mental image as well but uh it is to a certain extent right because you can't just promote being overweight being yeah, obese it shouldn't, shouldn't be at the expense yes. of your actual health <laughs> yes exactly exactly and a lot of influencers and uh, you know celebrities they do promote this i mean i i i can see why in terms of the the mental health aspect because people will say that you know um there's probably a big spike in hmm. you know self harm yes. suicidal um thoughts yes no no most definitely but i mean like you know in a lot of cases it can lead to like cardiovascular problems or exactly. other other problems as yeah. well We can't that con- you need to be wary of exactly we can't condone yes. just uh, thinking about one aspect of your health yes. and uh, completely disregarding the other hmm. the two must obviously you know hand. we're not yeah. speaking that you know body shaming is completely yeah. you know off the charts so you yeah. shouldn't do that at all yeah. with anyone but i mean you can speak about posit- body positivity in a positive way that you know uh, encourages you encourage to you. look after both exactly yeah. Yeah. exactly yeah but um you know this it's just the way that it is nowadays mm. that it seems that the world is kind of moving away from that yes. that kind of that healthy lifestyle rather than instead of instead of moving towards a healthy mm. lifestyle we're more thinking about if as long as you think you're fine mm. then things should be fine and then mm. it doesn't matter what people say i mean that it's obviously very good to be resilient yes um, mentally but yes. <laughs> if you're not resilient physically as well then um that kind of you know, increasing the risk yes for for further issues down the line and that is something we have to try and kind of curb as well. Uh a lot of our listeners uh you know may have uh, seen or may have heard about uh the new unveiling of uh Apple product called Apple Vision Pro. Oh yes. <laughs> yes, you know those uh, virtual glasses. Yeah. Uh they've renamed them to like, like Apple more Vision like goggles. Pro. Goggles, goggles, <laughs> yes, definitely. Um so you know I was just thinking about it how first of all it cost like around 4k 4000 pounds or something Goodness. and um it's the way people are walking around using them is like leading to like some sort of dystopian future right where, where everyone's got their goggles yeah. on walking around and you know how is that going to affect our eyesight and you know ev- like it's l- less screens but more screens if you've seen the yeah. videos yeah. right you can have like pin screens in mid air anywhere you go yeah So it's uh, I've seen people using yeah. it already and it's like there's yeah. two people at a table having dinner. Yeah. You know how how we used to say like not a phone inside just yeah. pure joy. Now, yeah, yeah, now yeah. they've got the <laughs> they've got the big goggles on <laughs> their face. Just enjoying yeah. their meal but they're just watching stuff at the same but, time. But <laughs> at the end of the day honestly I think that is the future like if the third, second third fourth generation when it comes around it's going to be as small as the glasses you're wearing right now. Yeah. In the future and then you know a lot of people are going to be it's going to be cheaper as well. think like phones you know we have to carry that around yeah true right i think that is where technology is leading us towards at the same time i i, I find that a bit weird like you know sometimes you get notifications you can yes. kind of put it on silent and yes. uh, imagine just walking around just like notifications coming <laughs> up in front of your very eyes <laughs> yeah but you could probably mute them as well yeah you could mute well. them as well yeah. but 
and mm. you know it can be dangerous as well there's like a lot of people they're just crossing the street yeah, with them on uh, i i get that you can see through them but um you know it's a bit it is distracting yeah it's definitely i mean even even like you can say like give the argument how um the government's also made it kind of legal to like you know use your phone and stuff while you're yes, driving yes Imagine when you're driving, you got those on as mm. well, and there's things going on here and there. That's going to be very distracting. I doubt you're allowed to wear them when you're yeah, driving. Yeah, <laughs> there's going to be laws that. coming. Yeah, in. most definitely. Uh, so what's uh, going on with this uh, supposed, you know, um, ceasefire plan that they're trying to, you know, um, get in Gaza and um, Israel? I mean, the, the, supposedly the, there are talks of how Egypt, um, Qatar. Yes, the US etc are trying to broker a ceasefire once yes. again. Um it seems I don't know that hmm. I, I can't tell the future. Yes. But it seems that this time it may be a, a permanent ceasefire in terms of the war that is happening. I can in only Gaza. hope so. And I hope it doesn't lead to we were discussing this before. Yes. I hope it doesn't lead to a war in a war elsewhere know, in the, in the region and yes. you know because of globally. Iran and Yemen and what's happening over yes. there as well. It seems it, that things are just escalating and yes. you know it's getting worse and worse and more and more powers are getting involved. In in one of the news headlines Iran has warned US of not interfering with uh, you know the uh, Houthi rebel ships of where they're trying to gather intelligence um in order to you know I guess stop the ships that are in the Red Sea. Yeah. So you know there's a lot of like geopolitical tensions that are arising because of what's happening over there and it's kind of spreading over ev- everywhere in the western area as well especially and we're seeing those the steps which are being yes. taken kind of which kind of lead to kind of led to previous wars as well yes. it's all these uh, small mm. conflicts that are arising and then they build up into something which is much much worse and you know it's kind of history repeating itself once again but again there's we're not leading we're not moving towards peace and the the steps which are which are needed hmm. that need to be taken they're not being taken we can't see that happening i'm i'm sure there are peace talks happening in between but at the same time you know the a lot of you know what the houthis and themselves they've been claiming of course at least what they've been claiming openly yes. is that they this is for what's happening to our brethren hmm. in in gaza hmm. and if you don't and stop you know the oppression there then we're going to continue in our essentially they're not doing harm to like you know obviously the civilians or the crew uh, crew members on uh, aboard the ships yeah. may be getting harmed of course you know that is a tragedy yeah. but they're not attacking you know civilians per se in the sense that they're attacking some country civilians they're yeah. essentially stopping ships they're stopping international trade to raise awareness for what is happening yeah. for them to stop what is happening in Gaza but again they're, they're probably hitting them where it hurts most yeah. the economy yeah exactly. so that's something which they you mm. know when you have self vested interests yes. then you will look after your own of and course. you'll do whatever it takes to kind of um get what you need mm. rather than what the world needs yes and if it means <laughs> increasing the conflict then so mm. be it mm. and that's just seems like that's the attitude that is being um, displayed for all to see yes and um but you can see how it it has hurt them and you know the UK the US have Definitely. you know done their Definitely. strikes uh, yes. um, together mm. to kind of share <laughs> spread out the blame kind <laughs> of and make sure not just one place is targeted but but even so um this that doesn't look good hmm. the future doesn't look too bright in that region so hopefully it does not spread it's very easy to kind of dismiss sitting here in the UK hmm. and think oh we're okay you know it's fine it's just something going on over there yes it's because we can't really feel the consequences hmm. directly as much as um, you know the people there hmm. within the region but as we know um history does repeat itself and yes. you know we can see how the the UK the US 
Germany and other places are getting involved um, mm. very proactively and you know it will eventually you know hopefully not i'm saying yes. but it can yes. definitely it can. lead to something much definitely. much worse definitely so dear listeners we'll be taking a very short break as we do have a very jam packed show this morning and then we will be getting into our first segment of the morning discussing the navigating pressuring matters in the Gaza conflict so don't go anywhere and do join us after a very short break ashakur the appreciator the one who bestows his grace on his servants which he abundantly grants in response to meager and trifle efforts of his servants and allah will soon bestow a great reward upon the believers and allah is appreciating all knowing Writings of the Promised Messiah, Alaihissalam. In a dream, I saw an angel seated on an elevated platform in the guise of a boy. In his hand, he was holding a pure loaf of bread which was very bright. He gave it to me and said, "This is for you and the dervishes who are with you." I saw this dream at a time when I was not at all known, nor had I put forth any claim, nor was there any group of dervishes with me. But now I have a large jamaat of people who have voluntarily chosen to put their faith above the world and have thus reduced themselves to the position of dervishes having migrated from their homes and having separated themselves from their relatives and friends they have taken up permanent abode near me I have interpreted the loaf of bread as meaning that God himself will provide for me and for my followers and that we will not be rendered anxious on account of lack of provision this has been the case over a long number of years allahu akbar allahu akbar أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمدا listening to the voice of islam radio you're listening to the voice of islam radio broadcasting on dab via the internet 24 hours a day Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all welcome back to the breakfast show here on the voice of Islam right now we will be speaking about the conflict in Gaza and the unyielding battle for journalistic freedom the rights of journalists and freedom of press 
So there have been, you know, there are specific provisions in the international law to protect humanitarian workers and journalists during armed conflicts. And under Article 79 of the Additional Protocol 1 of the Geneva Conventions, which uh, codifies a customary rule, journalists in war zones must be treated as civilians and protected as such, provided they play no part in hostilities. And, you know, we can see since um, since the the war in Gaza started in October, as of uh, yesterday, there have been 85 reporters which have been killed since the start of this conflict, as I, as I mentioned. And at, least eight, and at least 67 were Palestinians, four were Israeli, and some more were Lebanese, uh, according to the CPJ. In addition, Israel has emerged as one of the world's leading jailers of journalists in 2023. And as of the 1st of December, 17 Palestinian reporters have been held in Israeli jails. In comparison, one Palestinian reporter was held in an Israeli prison, according to the CPJ. Now, this is a, a call-in show, so I do remind our dear listener that um, you can call in um, at 0208 687 7878 or you can tweet us at Voice of Islam UK. Um, but yeah, just coming back to this mm. uh, to this topic, it is um, it is a major, one of the major um, talking points in in terms definitely, of the, the conflict that has been going on even before. You can remember uh, Shirin Abu Akli. Remember when mm. she when yes. she was shot as well, yes. and the whole furor that that came up with with that. But now this feels like mm. it's something which is normal, kind of um, in terms of you hear the news that another journalist has been killed, another five have been killed, mm. and it, it doesn't. It's not like the world is batting an eye anymore yes. the way that it used to. And it kind of, it's kind of like you have a green pass to to do so as long as you know it's for the greater good of defending yourself. You know, one one starts to wonder why so many journalists are being killed, and you can't help but think that essentially they're being targeted, so that you know the true uh, or whatever the story that they want to put out, yeah. their narrative, right, is being blocked. But, you know, that's that's not how it works in the real world. Even, you know, someone who has a false opinion or has a negative opinion, yep. they're still allowed to air their voice, right? That mm-hmm. is the freedom of speech. But here, what we're seeing is, you know, so many journalists are dying or being put in prison. That's essentially, you know, them uh, the, the Israeli forces, they're essentially putting a, a stamp on their freedom of speech and yeah. not letting them do what, they, what their job is. On the one hand, you have um, the Israeli government claiming that yes. Israel is the greatest democracy hmm. in in the Middle East, you can hmm. say. And on the other hand, you have the UN experts describing the Israel-Hamas war as the deadliest, most dangerous conflict hmm. for journalists in recent history. And yes. so you can see how there is like a kind of a dystopia hmm. in terms of the way that you know they see things and the world are seeing it. But again, because hmm. there are there are different elements to this, or different sides to it. There are those who will see this for what it is, yes, and realize, look, this cannot, this in any other country, if mm. this was happening, the world would be up in arms, thinking like, you know, what is going on? How can this be happen? How can this happen? These are war crimes. Yes. And on the other hand, there are those who support that purpose, you can say, or that mission mm. of, you know, completely uh, eliminating Hamas, and any death that happens is a sad one, tragic one, but yes. at the same time. We're not going to do anything about it. Um, As I was speaking about, you know, essentially they're being targeted, right? There, there, this there was a case just a month ago yeah. where two journalists were killed by a drone strike when they were in their car. Yes, yes, I remember that. Yeah. Yes, so um, you know, this was done despite being in clearly identifiable, identifiable and marked press uniform and vehicles. 
So, I mean, you know, if you're not targeting them and sending a drone strike, that's a precision strike, right? So, you know, I mean, it the, seems, the, world, the yeah. world can see what is happening, yeah. right? I mean, we also have to, like, this is something that we can't yes. just uh, say straight up that they are targeting. No, no, I'm but not. It seems, it seems, it seems, it definitely, seems, it's definitely yes. With the targeted, with yes. the drone strike is targeted, yes. it's not like it's just like yes. a random, it's just yes. going to go anywhere. The drone, you, yeah. can, you, you send that drone somewhere, yeah. right? So in in this case particularly that you could you can say you know it seems as if they are targeting them. It's, dis- um, it's disturbing to see images because uh, there's only so much one can see yes. and one can continue. So watching. much d- death you know you can handle before yeah. before you know the worst part is seeing so much death. It, you become normalized to it at one yeah. stage, right? Numb. And you, you become numb to it. Yeah, and that's, that's and that's the that's, sad thing about yeah, that's it. That's the sad thing about that, it. Definitely, that it's gotten to a stage where all our Hmm. You know our cries for for help and for ceasefire and for the support of the of the innocent. Yes. So remember, we're talking about the innocent. We're not we're not picking sides here, hmm. but we're talking about those who are innocent. There's twenty seven thousand or more have been killed now hmm. in Gaza. Hmm. One thousand two hundred in Israel. Yes. And any of those who are innocent is something which is tragic that we do not condone at all. Of course. But the thing is that only one side continues to bear the losses of mm. more and more innocent people every single day and the the countless children who are are now without parents without yes. any more you know living members of the mm. family for, let alone parents mm. is is something which i can't imagine I mean, because we grew up in you know in this peaceful society they argue you know yeah. uh, hamas sorry to just cut no, no, they argue ahead. that hamas is yeah. a terrorist organization right yeah. What are you essentially doing to those children who have lost their family, who have lost their parents, who have lost their mothers, fathers? What are they going to think? Obviously, you are putting hatred into their heart, mm. right? Well, what is terrorism other than you know putting that much fear into them that every, exactly. every moment, any exactly. single moment, they will they will be bombed, yes, or their loved ones will be bombed, and they will be left with nothing, mm. and there'll be just destruction. That yes. is te- to me. If I was exactly. in that situation, I'd exactly. feel terrorized. Exactly. So. For me, that feels like terrorism. Exactly, and then I'd feel like, where is my hope? Where can I turn exactly. to? Exactly. And for the people there, I'm not saying this is right at mm, all. Of but course. for the people there, it seems that Hamas are like they're kind of the only way or outlet, you can say, mm. um, which is which is shouldn't be the case, but the, but it is. It is the reality. And what help are they getting? They're yes. not allowed to go anywhere. Yes. They're not allowed to. You know, where can they go? Wherever they're being told this is going to be safe. Boom! They're mm. getting bombed there mm. as well, so this is the situation that they find themselves in, and uh, it's just sad to see those kids just like shivering and trembling in mm. fear, with rubble all over them and dust and everything, and some of them without limbs, yes. uh, you know, missing limbs, bleeding all over the place, crying for their parents, crying they just mm. want to see, or for their siblings even. Mm. Some there's some kids of like five, mm. seven year old kids who are just looking after their baby siblings. Exactly. They're exactly. left with that responsibility now. And how Israel says, you know, it, it was a justified uh, retaliation, justified response for yeah. what happened on October the 7th. Yeah. But you need to realize that this didn't start on October the 7th. No, exactly. Right? This has been uh, an ongoing um, conflict for, for many years. And uh, the reason, you know, a lot of people a lot of youngsters could be joining Hamas yeah. is because of what was happening before and especially what is happening now there could be an, a new generation there could very well be a new generation of uh, you know as they say of uh, Hamas sympathizers yeah. or people who are part of Hamas absolutely but the, again everyone's been saying that you can't end this 
you can't end Hamas like in a physical conflict per se. You can't bomb the heck out of them and expect that every single Hamas member is going to be um, killed. And if you do go down that route, then we'll we'll continue to see what we're seeing right now, and that is so many more, so much more collateral damage. Like you can see the the you know the drone footages and the and the images of how like almost almost about half or even more of the of the of the infrastructure yes yes has been completely decimated yes and that is something which um which renders thoughts of like what's going to happen next mm. what's going to happen after where are they going to go how mm. are they going to rebuild I mean I uh, did you see that I don't know if you saw that ad that was airing uh, over social media as well which of, one? Uh, how, children no 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 how they're gonna build like hotel resorts and stuff oh yes yes in, I did see in, that in Gaza from Israel so <sighs> it's just disturbing <laughs> I saw yeah. another one yesterday about um, they they lined up um, a set of clothes yeah. children's clothes on the on the on the sand mm. you know, um, all in line mm. and each one represented a child that was killed in this war and that line continued and continued for five kilometers that's how bad it was and the drone footage is just showing it in all in that line and just continues and continues and continues how much can you see like how many more children need to yeah. die for this for this purpose hmm. and it it just seems that it, it, we 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 we're becoming numb to it imagine mm. but imagine what the the people on the ground over there mm. the ones who are actually mm. doing the the killing how right. they're feeling and how it's exactly. become normalized exactly. for them in fact, we've we've seen clips. We've, we've seen clips of politicians, of yeah. uh, the news r- reporters, how they're openly, you know, blatantly stating that they're all they're all part of this conflict. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So no one's exactly. innocent. Exactly. And and the the soldiers themselves, the you know the, yeah. the Israeli government will or the representatives will, mm. will claim that these are isolated incidents, mm. but they, but those soldiers are openly singing that they will you know destroy all of Gaza and rebuild yeah. it, and and there's talk of uh, settlements there as well. Mm. You know the the right wing. Um, elements to the to the government they openly talk about yes. the resettlement of gaza yes um so these things like you know they will say no 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 it's not really our intention mm. but bit by bit that's what they're doing they've built, built, kind of said there's going to be a buffer zone now definitely. which is basically saying we're claiming more of the gazan land definitely and you know this territory is is slowly but surely mm. shrinking mm. um for the palestinians and increasing for the um israeli side as you can see is happening mm. in the west bank as well Definitely. With the settlements happening over there, but in terms of the journalists, this is the main the main talking yes. point that we're talking about. That um, you know, even His His Holiness Hazrat uh, Mirza Masrur Ahmad, he has urged that the UN and the other influential nations should abstain from any action or statements that may further inflame the volatile situation and make every possible effort to de-escalate the conflict and uh, secure peace as soon as possible. Those two, you know, it's, it's action also words because as we've just discussed, the words that. People have been saying, yes. especially ones on the from the Israeli representatives of the of the government and high ministers as well. Hmm. Those words can kill, literally. When you're telling them that these are the sons of darkness, yes. of evil, they that that tells the soldiers and you know just the population at, at large that those who we are fighting hmm. are all part of an evil um, machine. You can say that yes. is there to kill us. Whereas yes. these children, in reality, when you're mm. actually looking at them, mm. is completely um, detached from that that theory, or you can say that that narrative that these children are all uh, raised just to kill mm. Israelis. That's not the case at all. Yes. If anything, it's the other way around. And we've seen in even in some certain schools as well how 
um, I, I've mentioned this before again, but yes. I'm not. I'm not trying to um, pick sides, hmm. but I'm just speaking from what I see. Hmm. This is something I've been I've been seeing with my own eyes. Yes, how children are, you know, they say things that are completely uh, inflammatory hmm. and make you think that Palestinians are are not worthy of the same. Their, their lives are not the same value as yes. as our lives. You can say. Yes. Yeah, regarding war, yeah. the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said, Muslims, go forth in the name of Allah and fight in the cause of Allah. Do not defraud in the matters of the spoils, nor cheat the enemy. Do yeah. not mutilate the enemy dead, nor kill women or children or monks or priests, nor those who have arrived at extreme old age. And in addition, Hazrat Abu Bakr, um, the first companion of the Holy Prophet, may Allah be pleased with him, also used to say that do not cut down fruit trees, yeah. nor ruin an inhabited place. This is the you know the teaching of Islam, which was put forth fourteen, fifteen hundred years ago, which now coincides with you know humanitarian law as well. Yeah. Um, but the you know it's not being adhered to here, right? Innocent women, children, and elderly. And uh, they're dying, and as we're speaking about journalists as well, they're civilians. Yeah. They're dying as well. So you know, may may Allah the Almighty uh, guide um, guide the the powers at hand yeah. on the right path, so they can bring about true justice and hopefully a ceasefire into play, and stop this uh, you yeah. know um, conflict and stop the dying. Yeah. Stop the killing. Stop the dying. You know, a lot a lot of what we're seeing is actually we need journalists to be able to yes. see what is going on yes. on the ground. We can't just follow, you know, what certain news outlets are telling mm. us, because uh, the, you know, they always claim to be unbiased, but there are also yes. we can see patterns of mm. what they want to uh, really um, expose or show, mm. and what they're not giving any coverage for. So the journalists which are on the ground, they are actually doing that, and for some reason, the West tends to kind of demonize the ones who work for certain news outlets, um, yes. which are not. You know, which don't belong to them, you can say, yes, and uh, which are reporting things the way in a different way. Hmm. Um, but the reality is that every single one of those are protected under humanitarian law, hmm. and they should not be targeted at all. They have no right to target them. But they have no part. They're not participating at all in a war. Yes, um, they're they're actually. <laughs> the reality is that they're actually helping the innocent, hmm. and they're trying to support them and hmm. you know take them and give them aid wherever possible. But even then, they they fear, they fear for their lives, and that should never be the case in any war. The journalists are always protected, and mm. you know, governments think once, twice, three times mm. before even thinking about doing any harm to them because they know the consequences thereof. Exactly. But here, there's a blatant <laughs> um, disregard for that, and that yes. is that is the shame, and that is how I'm, I'm more upset about is how mm. the world is letting it happen. Mm. You know, Definitely. we talk about all these laws, but then when it comes to this. We let them get away with it. Yes. So, dear listeners, we hope you've been enjoying today's show so far. Uh, we will be taking a very short break before we get into our second segment of the morning, uh, which is the eighth anniversary of the Voice of Islam Radio, which uh, you know occurred today, seventh of February, twenty twenty-four. And then we'll be discussing that further. So, don't go anywhere, and do join us after a very short break. It was for me that God caused the solar and lunar eclipses in heaven during the month of Ramadan, and caused numerous other signs to be manifested on earth, and thus, in accordance with divine practice, my truth was conclusively established. God, in whose hand rests my life, is my witness that if you cleanse your hearts 
and seek other signs from God. The Omnipotent One is capable of showing a sign according to his own will and power, without being subject to any of your importunities. And I am sure that if you demand a sign from me, with a genuine desire to repent, and promise earnestly before God that if an extraordinary sign appears which is beyond human power, you will shed all this rancour and enmity, and purely for the sake of winning God's pleasure, will enter into the pledge of bet with me, then God, being so kind and merciful, will certainly show you some sign. However, it is not within my power to fix a period of two or three days for showing a sign, or to do exactly as you wish. It is the prerogative of God to choose the time. Listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. In the name of Allah, the Most Gracious, Ever Merciful. Welcome back to the Breakfast Show. We are moving swiftly on to our second segment of the morning, the eighth anniversary of the Voice of Islam Radio, inaugurated on seventh of February, twenty sixteen, by His Holiness Hazrat Mirza Masood Ahmad may Allah be his helper, the fifth Caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim Worldwide Community. The Voice of Islam Radio is celebrating is 8th birthday on the voice of islam radio so join us as you know we discuss the humble beginnings of this radio station and reminisce about the achievements of the radio we will also discuss what our future aims are we do have on live uh, with us our live guest of this morning mr raza ahmed and raza ahmed he's a, he's a missionary of the ahmadi muslim community and is currently serving as the assistant general secretary to voice of islam so he is somebody who has really seen Voice of Islam grow from its very inception. Uh, good morning, Reza. Uh, peace be upon you, and welcome to the show. Assalamualaikum. Good morning. And it's nice to nice to hear your voice once again. So I'm going to dive straight in because I know that you have um, you know you have a lot of insights to to share with us. So the first is that what is the main purpose of the Voice of Islam Radio? Why why was it established in the first place? Yeah. So that's uh, actually where where it all started. I think uh, eight years ago when His Holiness came. And he delivered that um, address, the inaugural address, in that he highlighted basically the the mission and the main aim of, of this radio station. In the world that we live in, with all the misinformation, with all the the different streams of, 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 uh, of Islam and <clears throat> variants that we have, it's always difficult to, to find out which one 
you 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 should listen to which one says what. So the, one of the purposes of the Promised Messiah, the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, was to bring Islam back to its original teachings. Um, the thing is, over time, a lot of, uh, and this is the case with, with every religion for that matter, over time what happens is that people add their own interpretations, people add their own cultural aspects, people add their own understanding to religion, which is quite natural. And so was the case with Islam as well. Plus, it was foretold by the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, that this, this would happen. That a time would come where people would have the text of the Quran, but there would be no essence of it. You will have beautiful mosques, but there would not be really any guidance to be found in those mosques. And in that time, God would send someone who would revive the faith, who would um, bring people back to its actual teachings, who will connect people uh, uh, people with their creator as well as with themselves and that was the mission of the promised society so in essence it's very much in line with um you can say the the purpose and the and the objective of the Ahmadi muslim community as well to revive the true teachings of islam and voice of islam has pretty much brought a new dimension to that um yes absolutely so there so is uh, yeah go ahead yeah. It, it's basically that in in this time and in this era how do you combine your faith with with the life that you live how do you um make sense of what to what to believe and how how to put your faith into your daily life right for example this is one of one of the things that his holiness mentioned at the inauguration of the station that god willing the people uh, or the listeners of this station will come to realize that islam's teachings are of peace are of harmony and they relate to ev- to the need of every people and of every era. So it's not something that we only practice on the weekend. We, it's not Islam is not something that we only practice on a, on a Friday um, in the mosque, but this is something that can be applicable throughout our life from the morning till the evening, from the time we wake up till the time we go to sleep. So it's that's one of the aims that we're trying to do, which is why you have such a variety of different programs on, on Voice of Islam relating from mental health to politics to women's rights to children's uh, upbringing and, and you name it. Raza, you've seen the Voice of Islam grow from roots to branches. In that, in this, these eight years, these beautiful years, have you? can you share some of the most you know, same significant or meaningful moments that you've had uh, whilst... Uh, working here for the Voice of Islam Radio. Yeah, <laughs> there, there's, there's so many of them. Yeah, <clears throat> one one is the actual radio station itself. So, the where you guys are sitting right now. I remember um, when His Holiness came to launch it on on in February 2016. Uh, it was me and another friend of mine, one Sue Clark, who used to look after the breakfast show at that time as well. And so we started, I think, a, an hour or two hours before uh, His Holiness came to officially launch it. And basically, we're just, you know, I'll be honest with you, we, we didn't have any experience. We, we did not 
um, study or <laughs> didn't have any training <laughs> in broadcasting. This was just a project which was assigned to us, and we just started working on it. So naturally speaking, I mean, this is, this is again going back eight years, no training, no nothing whatsoever. So we're just trying to fill time somehow. But as soon as His Holiness came, and that's that's again, in that moment, I realized this is going to be something different. This 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 has to be something different. Because the Caliph of the Promise of Messiah, on whom be peace, is inaugurating this, and this this is his uh, a project which was led under him, and we used to go back and forth to him, have audiences with him, have have meetings with him, and he would guide us at every step of the way. So even before the launch, just the fact that we could go to him and he would advise us on on a personal basis that look, do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that. That for me was a highlight itself. But then on the day of, of the inauguration, I remember I was sitting there. So again, we were just talking, 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 and didn't really know how and, and how to engage the audience, what to say. And then His Holiness came, gave that 10, 10, 10 15 minutes address. So it was less than 15 minutes, I guess. And as soon as he left, I, I, I kid you not, we could have sat there and done a show on our own for, for the next four hours. Wow. dissecting every single line, every single sentence that he said. And that that's the blessing that that we saw from the very good. And then, of course, you see how the teams developed. You see how the teams from all across the globe, how they grew, how the structure came in place, how different shows were added. And then for us personally, up to this point, the biggest drive for us yeah is the feedback that we get from our listeners because we're for the listener we're here, we're here for the you know for the listeners and to give them the message and to exactly so that that's the reason why you guys wake up in the morning <laughs> i mean you don't get any extra pay for that you don't right. you don't you don't get a bonus at the end of the month <laughs> it's just our commitment to our faith our commitment to the community and our commitment to God that, that, that drives us to wake up, to go, to drive, and to, to sit there and to represent the, the teachings of Islam, hoping and hoping that somebody sitting out there who is in a situation that, that, that they need some sort of guidance, that they need some sort of support, that they would listen to this radio station, come to realize that, hold on, that is something that that I need in my life right now. And we've received those feedbacks where people, again, so we have Muslim listeners, we have non-Muslim listeners, we have people from from the UK, we have people from across the globe who send us emails, who send us comments uh, on, on a regular basis now. I mean, this has gone up so, so drastically, which gives us an, uh, an inclination that, we might be doing something right. It might be, you know, something <laughs> that is yes, working. Out. Yeah, and so people telling us that they were distant from their faith, but after listening to Voice of Psalm, they they found back to their faith. Or people who are going through a very difficult situation in their life, and by listening to Voice of Psalm, that that difficult situation was made a little bit easier, and it was, you know, comfortable for them to go through that phase. 
So again, so I mean, I can pull out the emails and we can sit here for the next half an hour. <laughs> I think <laughs> we, we, we have a number point. of people we want to speak to. I mean, the, it's been it's been a pleasure, and as you said, we can keep going on and on and on. I'm sure you have so many memories from this, but um, it's been a pleasure once again. I'm sure we'll speak again in the future. Jazakallah, Raza, and peace be upon you. Peace, Assalamualaikum. So that was, you know, our general secretary of Voice of Islam. <laughs> Uh, you know, sharing his uh, very wonderful insights into this as well. Um, we do have another, um, you know, pre-recorded interview with uh, our Voice of uh, Islam members from the Drive Time Show production team, Faiza Mirza, uh, Mrs. Faiza Mirza, and uh, Ms. Faiza Said. So let's briefly listen to that one. So Jazakallah, thank you for joining us. Um, my first question to you is how and why have you joined Voice of Islam radio station? So, Assalamualaikum, thank you for having us. Um, the way I joined Voice of Islam was uh, through my local um, imam. He was working on the Voice of Islam and he asked me if I wanted to volunteer. And um, I basically snapped up the opportunity to help you know, propagate the true message of Islam out there. Um, it's a complete blessing to be able to work remotely from home um, to look at, you know, the issues that we're going on around the world and put that Islamic perspective on there. And there's so many things out there. We always think, oh, I wonder what, you know, what the religious point of view is, or I wonder what Islam would say about this. And it's good to be a part of something like that. And not only that, I think... It doesn't matter if you're Muslim or any, you know, whatever faith you are. Religion helps you. Faith helps you. And faith is the only thing we've got to hold on to nowadays. So we're surrounded by news and contemporary issues. But having that central theme of faith and bringing that together in topics, you know, it's such a blessed position to be in, to be a part of something that helps connect all these things and give a direction and a purpose. So... I mean, I think I've kind of gone off what you've asked me about why I joined sort of thing. I mean, at that time, obviously, I didn't know, but it's grown into something with a lot more direction itself. And But you can sense that because with all projects of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, they all are blessed and they all do grow and they are all full of success. So you knew that whatever project the, the community gives you or that you can be a part of, you should all just latch on to because you'll only help you grow as well and it also helps society around you. So um, I joined back 2015, I think, so just before the drive time started. And um, it was a bit rocky. We didn't know what we were doing. I'm not going to lie about that. But, you know, when you've got God directing you and helping you I think that's the biggest thing you can have and we've grown so much and it's just a, a massive blessing amazing what about you Faiza? Um the way I have come to join the drive time show is through another producer at that time it was 2017 when I've joined and one of their producers um, asked me if I wanted to join the team as well and I found it also very interesting that I can work from home and um, basically, as Faisal Vaji said, spread the true message of Islam and propagate the true message of Islam, being at home and um, working on radio shows. And what is also very interesting to me is that you acquire so many new skills. Like uh, if you join as a producer of the Drive Time Show or basically any show, you're provided with excellent training and um, you acquire so many new skills. And also get the opportunity to work with an 
amazing team, which is also worldwide, especially because um, we can uh, work from home. We have the opportunity to have members um, all over the world in our team. And it's just special, a special bond which connects us together and we're just all working towards one goal and one purpose. And this is what, what's always been special to me um, throughout this whole time. And uh, yeah, this is uh, how and why I've joined the Drive uh, Time Show. Amazing. So you know how you mentioned you're part of the Drive Time Show, you're both part of it. So what's the purpose of the Drive Time Show and what are its future plans? The purpose of the show really is to cover what's going on and issues that people have, you know, like day-to-day contemporary issues. Plus, you know, we will have to see what's going on because especially nowadays, the news does dominate. But that's not to say that matters of faith are never important. So it's a mix of everything, really. You name it, we've probably covered it or we will be covering it. We love to just look at anything and just get the Islamic perspective on there. And being the drive time show, it's like a magazine show. It's airing at a time when a lot of people are listening, you know, they're in the kitchens, they're driving home from work. They're coming back after from work and relaxing. So it it's for a very wide audience. So it has to have it for everything and everyone. So that's what we try to do. We look at all sorts that's going on there. We take recommendations. People are saying, oh, could you cover this? Could you look at this? So we, it's, a, it's really everything. I mean, you know, challenge us. We'll do it. Um, yeah, and I, I would also add that um, as our first caliph, Ahmed Labi's helper, has already outlined um, when the radio station was inaugurated. And I think the Drive Time Show has the same purpose, basically to bring the message of Islam to the people and to show that Islam is compatible with any contemporary issue and uh, how Islam is interlinked with every aspect of life. And this is basically what we're trying to show the people as well to um, listeners who are non-Muslim. And also, um, I had the opportunity to meet uh, our caliph and ask him directly about um, any recommendations on show topics. And he has also advised um, that we should also take topics and um, show the people from our own community how Islam is compatible, as I said, with um, every issue and every topic in in this world, basically. And this is what we're trying to bring closer to the people. Um, yeah, this is what I would say is also one of the purposes of the classroom show. Great. So, um, fun question now. What are some of the most memorable or enjoyable moments that you had in drive time? The enjoyable moments are probably the all-nighters we've done or the all-dayers where something has broken uh, in the middle of the night or first thing in the morning and then we've just had like a massive team sprint to get it produced and ready by 4pm. We've got the presenters involved, we've got the social media team involved getting the stuff out. It's that buzz, that rush that you get because, you know, you're doing something that's completely on track and on trend and it's what you know, everyone is listening in for generally anyway. So we've had things like when the Christchurch attacks happened, we managed to very quickly put together that show and have people in New Zealand come on live to talk about the impacts of the attacks. Um, The Westminster attacks, um, I think the Turkey-Syria earthquake was a very um, emotional show and we covered that as well. So it's all sorts of news events are some of the most memorable just because they've brought 
the way the team has rushed together, we were able to cover it and from ground zero to say, this is how it's impacting people. All the way to shows which have looked back at is almost Islamic history. So we've looked at Khilafat, the different aspects of the Holy Prophet because these sort of remind you of of Islam and that the point of of how Islam has come to be and how it really is the guiding light in today's day and forever as well. So it's both ends of the spectrum from doing these sort of mini-series which reinvigorate your face all the way to contemporary issues and putting that out there for our listeners. All these shows are some of our most memorable ones just because they just, you just remember the sort of buzz you got from them or the way they made you feel when you listened back to them as well. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Like some of the most memorable parts are the shows we have come together very quickly um, to cover um, events which have happened one day earlier and we really want to like get to the people what's happening. Um, and also um, what I've also always enjoyed are our meetings and training days and you know, team strengthening days, what we, we do from time to time. And it's also an amazing opportunity to just get to know each other and to meet the people you've been working with so hard over the year. And this all makes it very memorable uh, to be, you know, the part a part of something so um, grand, so big that we all have the same purpose to work um, for the community and then we could get together and train for this purpose and you know, strengthen our community skills and our um, our skills all together. And this is also something which has always been like very memorable to be part of this team. And um, yeah, I'm very grateful, grateful to be the part of the Draft Jam Show team and the Voice of Sun Radio in general. Thank you to both of you for um, for this interview. And it sounds very fun. I mean, I work for the breakfast show, but I mean, we might consider joining Drive Time Show. You've got a very fun team. You're more than welcome. You're more than welcome. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Thank In the name of Allah, the most gracious ever, merciful, welcome back to The Breakfast Show. For those of you who are just joining us, we were discussing the 8th anniversary of the Voice of Islam radio and we were interviewing some of our core key um, female Lajna members from the Drive Time show production team. And, uh, you know, they um, there are differences to Drive Time and the Breakfast Show. You know, some may say that, like, they're very competitive as well. They have competition between themselves. But, uh, you know... Um, it's uh, up to you guys to decide which one you prefer. I think we all know which one. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's up to you guys, up to the listener to decide which one they like more, and um, you know if uh, which one they um, enjoy go, en- enjoy more. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so we do have a brief uh, audio clip of His Holiness's inaugural address of this radio station. So let's listen to that one. I am inaugurating the Voice of Islam radio station. The purpose of the voice of Islam is to inform people of the true teachings of Islam and to make it abundantly clear that Islam's teachings perfectly conform and relate to the needs of every era and every person. So that was His Holiness, Hazrat Mirza Masood Ahmed, the current head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, may Allah um, strengthen his hand. 
mentioning that you know the true purpose of the Voice of Islam radio is to make sure uh, that the, uh, and to convey the message of Islam and to make sure that it, uh, as mentioned in the Holy Quran as well, that it conforms with the ta- the time, the day, and the age, and that it is an internal teaching. Right. I, I think if we just listen to that, yeah, just those words in in themselves, and there was no other show. Mm. I think that would in itself be a, a, an amazing reminder of why we're here, why the voice of Islam has been established, and and just pondering over those words, um, because you know a lot of people say how Islam is a very backwards religion. Yes, it's very barbaric, and you know it doesn't really conform to this day and age. People nowadays are saying Islam does not belong in the West. Yes, whereas the reality is completely opposite. The world is actually uh, moving towards, or um, has been for the last yes. over a thousand years, hmm. um, been moving towards what the Islamic teachings and principles really are yes. in terms of rights of of others and women and children and yes. the elderly and even when it comes to slave and it comes hmm. to so many different um, aspects of life, Islam's principles have never changed, and they don't conform to each society. Definitely. Societies conform to what Islam is actually teaching bit by bit, whether mm-hmm. they realize it or not. And this is something which the the, the caliphs of the, the Muslim community have, have actually highlighted over the years, and how you know there's a, there's always been a clash, somewhat somewhat um, you know so-called clash between Islamic values and those of the West. Yes. Um, there's so many different aspects we can talk about, mm. but in reality, the world has always uh, mocked and ridiculed Islam. Yes. But they've always ended up. Um, humiliated for uh, for that view definitely, and coming back definitely. towards like, you can think about alcohol and how mm. how many lives have been ruined because of that think yes. about gambling think about yes. death penalty all these kind think of things think about debt think about interest yes yes you know in uh, today's day and age podcasts and vodcast video podcasts they're very trendy nowadays yeah. right? uh, you see every second person doing them but uh, you know even if you look at some of the big uh, podcasts uh, you can see that they discuss this stuff for example they discuss the islamic uh, banking system yeah and they speak about debt they speak about interest and they they re- they also they mention that you know it is essentially the best system that we can adopt absolutely but <laughs> for the economy yeah uh, and they they mention this stuff and uh, they speak about alcohol as well how you know the the reason islam doesn't allow it and all um, of these, all of these, all pertinent to today as well, just as they were back the, back in the inception of most Islam. Most definitely, yeah. most definitely. So we do have online with us our next uh, guest speaker, Mr. Atawar Rahman Khalisab, who is serving as a missionary of the MD Muslim community in Ireland. Good morning, peace be upon you. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the breakfast show. Wa alaikum It's a pleasure to have you on. Um, just to begin with, um, how? Sorry about that. Uh, how did the Voice of Islam radio begin airing? Because uh, you know you were initially part of it as well. Yes, um, I can't believe it's already eight years since um, the launch of the station. And initially, um, when there were plans in place to launch a radio station yes. of the community in the UK um, uh, uh, by the UK Jamaat, um, I was initially approved as a presenter. Yes, and uh, the national president of the Amdi Muslim community in the UK, Rafiq Yatsab, he um, uh, started to hold meetings with with uh, with a, a team that had been drafted, and so we would all meet on a regular basis to discuss uh, how to set up this radio station. And I recall um, 
the guidance which was uh, given by Hazrat Khalif Tumasi, the worldwide head of the community, um, to Rafiq Hayat Sahib. Yes. That uh, he, he would give the example uh, that in Africa they simply get a table and two mics and they start a radio station. Um, so this was the urgency with which Hazur wanted us to you know, go ahead and dive into this uh, and uh, that we'd learn um, through experience, you know, um, how to improve um, and manage the station. So after many meetings, uh, I remember having regular meetings in 2015, and then uh, when this was launched in February uh, 2017, uh, sorry, uh, 16, by Hazrat Khalif Turmasi on the 7th of Feb, at that time, um, his Holiness came into the the, the, the Battle Stew building where the studio is today. Yes. And at that time, even the setup was not fully ready. Um, so he came and he launched it. And I remember uh, at that time, we had some initial shows, the main one being breakfast show and drive time show that we had planned. Um, these were the two main uh, live shows of Voice of Islam Radio, uh, which would be two hours each. And, you know, in the meetings that led to the launch, uh, I remember the producers, um, you know, who were completely inexperienced. They had no uh, previous experience of running a radio station or producing radio programs or even live programs. So they would rehearse and practice and come up with various uh, scripts and eventually, uh, when we launched um, uh, on uh, a Sunday at 12 noon, um, there were very limited programs. We had to borrow or take content from uh, Muslim television, Ahmadiyya, our TV uh, channel, which has a plethora of uh, various programs. So we were able to take programs from there, and we put a, a, a very, um, you know, it was a 24-hour radio station, so it was a huge, huge task to fill every hour. I was myself looking after the schedule as well. Yes. And uh, so, um, I mean, that's there's, there's some some points here and there hmm. of the challenges we were facing. And uh, as I said, the, the the studio wasn't even ready, and we had launched. And I remember, you know, the next to Voice of Islam Radio, you have the production um, rooms. Yes. of MTA. So yes. one of those rooms was borrowed. Um, we had volunteers from MTA looking after technical equipment, the mixer, etc. Hmm. And I remember the initial days where, you know, um, e even the tech team, uh, since I'd be preparing the schedule, they'd feed it into the system, yes. uh, have the recorded program scheduled, and then the live uh, hours uh, scheduled in there. And I would be preparing the schedule for the next day, and then it would be put into the system and, you know, by the hour, each and every item had to be adjusted and put in mm -hmm. and uh, as it would be airing. And sometimes I'd have to uh, myself uh, look at the, the, the running order or the, or the programs going out live on air and also uh, chip in with the breakfast show yes. uh, because, again, um, it was a you know very very uh, uh, initial phase, and uh, in terms of guests and contacts, we would have to you know even during the program call people to get them to um, you know come and share their thoughts. 
Definitely. So this is how it began, and yes. uh, by the grace of Allah, it's come a long way now. Definitely, definitely. Could you could you also uh, mention some of the achievements you know that were made in the first initial year? Well, I think uh, the the big achievement was the the fact that we went um, live yes. uh, on the seventh of Feb, and uh, from then it was a twenty four hour radio station mm. there and then. And I think it's o- it was only possible because of the all the volunteers, and uh, which is uh, and which is a uh, kind of uh, stems from this being a divine community. Yes, uh, where we have uh, a khilafat uh, under His Holiness's guidance, yes. his prayers. We were able to very quickly build up large teams. Yes. So I mean, you know, the structure of breakfast show being a presenter on it uh, today. Yes. So if you look back, I remember uh, in the early days, uh, you would have just um, one presenter uh, also producing and then presenting and running the entire show mm. and speaking on air for two and a half hours yes. with uh, with only a few um, people uh, to interview. Mm. But since, uh, you know, the, the teams began to quickly uh, learn how to better manage they managed to recruit more members yes um more volunteers uh, people gave their time and uh, you know it started to grow so i think um the the, the achievements are you know the, these very programs of drive time and breakfast show which have been running since then we have weekend world you know um then we introduced the sml saturday morning live these live shows have been you know going on air since yes uh, the very beginning yes and then i think uh, the other achievement was the recorded programs because um they are also challenge challenging to produce because it's a recorded piece and it has to be to the point and that's yes. whereas uh, the live programs are slightly different so the um you know we have uh, faith in focus which is uh, produced and led by shermin batsaiva yes that is a huge achievement as well which gave a voice to the women of the community yes and they pr- produced uh, so many programs with such regularity um and uh, you know that their content is uh, is there to listen to and uh, you know it's very powerful and we we had other programs as well reflection um and uh, so th- so these programs all of them you know um from the start they they started to come in and they were very they produced really good content and on the other hand, um, I think another achievement is the studio, which is a state-of-the-art studio. Yes. So that was, within a period of a few months, was then completed, and then uh, eventually we started to, we moved in uh, to the main studio, which is soundproofed. You know, um, it's a beautiful uh, uh, studio. Definitely, um, definitely. Um, when, when you arrive, you know, you see the glass, and yes. you see inside <laughs> the studio, it's it's nice Very professional. walking around. Yes. Yeah. For for the, for the members of the community and the guests that come, I think it's a great uh, feature to show them and bring them around the corridor, most uh, up the stairs uh, and around the corridor to see the studio. So um, th- this is, a, I think, a huge achievement as well. Yes, definitely. So you know, even now after eight years, you're still currently working with us, producing the Fountain of Truth for the Voice of Islam Radio, uh, but you know, you're, you're serving as a missionary in Ireland as well, in a different country. So can you share with us why you have been part of Voice of Islam Radio for for this long? Like, where well, do you, you know, get the motivation you, from? Okay, so <laughs> I, I think the, the uh, when, if you look at the 
message of His Holiness which He gave uh, at the launch yes. of the station. Yes. He said the purpose of the station is to present the true and peaceful teaching of Islam to the world. Of course. And uh, he particularly emphasized the aspect of compassion yes. uh, which uh, Islam entails and the fact that the Islamic teaching and Islam, the religion of Islam is one which is applicable to every era and every person. Yes. So this is, uh, you know, the, the main aspect of the Hamdi Muslim community. It's, uh, we're a, uh, you know, outreach community. We're constantly trying to get the message out. Yes. And Voice of Islam Radio is actually a, a really, really good source yes. to disseminate the true and peaceful teachings of Islam. And that's the objective we have around the world. And so, yes. you know, uh, coming to Ireland, I wanted to uh, be involved yes. to contribute to Voice of Islam Radio and also, you know, um, uh, being an, an, uh, you know, an, a neighbor country. Yes. Uh, I, my expectation is that the, the radio would, would air here in Ireland as well one day. And Inshallah. that to, to some extent has already started to happen where you know, there's coverage in Belfast, so people can okay. listen on DAB in Belfast. And, uh, you know, the expectation is that uh, hopefully in Dublin and other cities of Ireland, God willing, God uh, they, they, they will also be able to listen. So, yes. yeah, so the, this program, Fountain of Truth, is uh, um, uh, more, more to do with Christianity and Islam, you yes. know, the commonalities and differences so that we can really target the Irish audience Yes. Who the majority of which is uh, Catholics, and we have uh, two uh, Irish um, speakers. We have the host Yusuf Fender, okay. who's a convert, Irish convert from a, a small uh, coastal town on on the west coast of Ireland. Um, so he he um, uh, you know hosts the program, and okay. we have uh, Imam Ibrahim Noonan as one yes. of the main presenters, who's a theo theologian, and he's um, you know studied Christianity in yes. great depth. So, so yeah, um, that's, that's why we that's started amazing. this program. That's amazing. that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your inspiring story with us. Uh, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. For now, take care. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah and peace be upon you. Wa alaikum wa rahmatullah. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So that was uh, Mr. Atawaraman Khalid who is uh, serving as a missionary uh, in Ireland of the MD Muslim community. And, uh, you know, the I, the last question I asked him, the true reason, you know, why it is actually a privilege and, you know, such a blessing to be a presenter or to be part of the Voice of Islam as we are teaching, we are spreading the true teachings of Islam. And, um, you know, there's no better way. And what we're doing here is uh, Allah's work, essentially. Right? Absolutely. It's um, it, it, it's part, For us, it's our purpose, isn't yes. it? Because... Our rights are not just due to God Almighty. Our rights are also due to mankind. Yes, definitely. To, to the creation of God Almighty. And part of that is to convey um, the true message so that we not only try to, you know, help ourselves, but also to help all those around us. Yes. But we do have online with us um, a very respected guest, Atal Mujib Rashid, who has been a missionary of the Hindi Muslim community for a long time here in the UK, an imam of the Fazl Mosque in, uh, in Putney. Um, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you and welcome to the show. Can you hear me properly? I can hear you just about, yes. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure if there's any issues, then our technical team can look after that. But um, I'll, go, I'll dive in straight into the questions, um, um So, number one is where did the Voice of Islam radio station draw its inspiration and purpose from? Uh, 
I think we I think we just dropped off. Okay, so we'll tr- we'll try and get back to him. But um, um, in terms of um, I think some of what he was saying was there was a very unique aspect to mm. what um, the Voice of Islam tr- uh, radio station is. Definitely. And um, one thing that he did mention is that universality of the of the message that we are trying to um, convey. Yes. Because as we mentioned earlier, and as we spoke to as we spoke to um, Raza Ahmed, the assistant. General Secretary of uh, the Voice of Islam Radio. Um, he's he's also mes- um, you know mentioned yes. how the message is not just for you know fourteen hundred years ago. Of course, it wasn't course. just there for the time when the Prophet Muhammad peace and blessings of Allah be upon him came, but yes. it's for all times and even for now. Yes. So let's try let's try and talk again to Imam Atal Mujib Rashid. Um, Assalamualaikum, Allah peace and blessings be upon you. Are you are you with us once again? Yes, yes, I am with you. Thank okay. you very much for the- calling. And that, uh, sorry for the interruption no, earlier on. No, 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 no uh, problem at all. I think it's a great honor for me to speak on the Vice of Islam Radio because this is very unique and very close to my heart. As a matter of fact, uh, this uh, word Vice of Islam it gives and generates a great uh, excitement in mind that a message which is meant for the whole world that is being broadcast from the station. And this is, was a very unique name which was given to it. When I look, uh, think of that, I always I am reminded of that time when I used to be a missionary in Japan, and okay. I I thought of uh, starting a magazine, a newsletter, and the name given to that newsletter was Voice of Islam. Fascinating. Very interestingly, at that time there was no other paper in the whole world and not only in the, the Muslim community, which was given this name. This name was given by Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III. And under this title, is the Voice of Islam, and in Japanese we used to call it Islam no Poe. So this was the name given to it. And actually, this uh, radio station, when it started from the UK, it has now become really a worldwide station and it can be accessed by all the people to one means or other. And the scope and the message and the purpose of this radio station is very obvious. It is the representative call and voice of the message of Islam. And uh, this is how uh, it is taken there and uh, in the programs which are transmitted from the station, they are very Mm-hmm. Uh, very different in its uh, fields. For example, the history of Islam, the investigation about Islam, and other information, the answer to various questions which are uh, many often asked by the people, then the current affairs, the comment on that, and the guidance of the people. So all these things are mentioned in our programs on this radio. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. That's that's fascinating. Yes, okay. um, I mean, just, just, just before we end, is um, I know there's, there's a very beautiful uh, connection you have to the Voice of Islam from the story you've just, you've just told us, but can you share just maybe just one more, let's say, meaningful moment you've had um, in the Voice of Islam radio? When I remember that day, when Hazrat Khalifa al-Masih, Khamis Sayyidahullah Ta'ala, Minister Aziz, the Supreme Head of the Community Worldwide, he came uh, to Bethel Fatu to inaugurate 
the Voice of Islam Radio. I was uh, along with him. I was present in the studio. And Huzur at that time presented an opening address, a sort of message and the guidance for all the programs of Voice of Islam. This was a very unique address. And I wish that uh, if Voice of Islam can repeat that uh, address again and again to let every listener uh, be very clear what is the scope, what is the aim, what is the objective of this unique uh, radio station at this time. So that message was very inspiring. And I really enjoyed that very much, how beautifully the head of the community presented the idea that why we are starting this and what is the objective that we wish to achieve through that one. So this radio station is not only confined to those who believe in Islam. It is related to everyone in the world. Absolutely. So much so that we always invite uh, not only Muslims, but non-Muslim friends as well, belonging to various religions or may not be belonging to any religion, to come and express their views and tell other, the listeners about that. So this is a message, this is a medium through which the people can come in contact with other people and share their views and ideas and their experience. Absolutely. So this is a very unique type of station, radio station, which is going on at this time. Thank you very much. It's uh, That's absolutely true. And, um, you know, for, for our listener that we... We really hope that anybody who does have any any questions about Islam or has any experiences to share that they can come into contact with us and call us and uh, or tweet us. But thank you very much, uh, Imam Tal Mujib. It's been uh, you know it's been really eye opening, and to hear those uh, faith inspiring um, two moments that you did share with us, it's been very 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 beautiful to hear. Um, so peace be upon you. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Uh, have a lovely rest of the day. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. I mean, there's a. There's, I didn't. I never knew that yes. about his um, when he was in Japan as yes, well. It's very. It's very interesting, you know, to hear that uh, that that newspaper yeah. that he was speaking about. And it's been fulfilled many, now. Yeah, yeah, how many years ago that yeah. it was started? It is, it is really interesting, right? Yeah. Because he is, as uh, you know, as you can kind of say, one of the, the living, I guess, living legends of our. Uh, community, right? And now he's Currently. seeing that coming into fruition, yes, like uh, yes. through this Voice of Islam radio station. Yes, most definitely. But we do have uh, another guest on the on the yes, line. Yes, we now. do have uh, another guest on line with us, Mr. Saftar Ali, who is currently serving as the technical director for Voice of Islam Radio and has been with the radio since its inception back in 2016. Good morning, Assalamu Alaikum Warahmatullah, peace be upon you, and welcome to the breakfast show. Thank you. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Peace be upon you as well. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on. Could you just uh, briefly share with us what your job in the Voice of Islam radio is and why you joined the radio in, in the first place? Sure, sure. So my current uh, role, um, um, as you described, is the, I'm taking care of the um, uh, the technical aspect of the station. Yes. And uh, so even as we speak, everything that uh, is going through the microphone and studio and our colleague in the uh, control room, so they are part of our uh, wider team. And uh, um, how I joined uh, was that uh, um, at this uh, um, uh, early days when the um, the idea came into being, I was serving as a, a national secretary for audiovisual. 
and uh, taking care of communities uh, uh, events and uh, providing uh, audiovisual facilities and it was a natural progression for myself to continue that service um, into the radio and uh, so uh, that is how I joined, and it's been uh, a, an amazing journey um, for over eight years. And uh, as my other colleagues uh, from uh, Ireland, Atar Rahman, I was uh, uh, mentioning, and that yes. was just bringing back so many beautiful memories of uh, uh, being part of the team from the very early days um, when the idea was uh, given to us by our spiritual leader, Yes. Um, may Allah be his helper. And uh, we were very fortunate um, in the early days that we had a, a number of uh, uh, personal meetings with him in his office in uh, in London and took a lot of guidance from him how the radio station should be put together. And then uh, our national president, uh, Mr. Rafiq Ahmed Hayat Sahib, was very instrumental in putting together the... Uh, the teams uh, that we have today. So yes. this is how I, I, I became part of the actual um, organization. It's amazing. It's amazing. Could you um, also briefly just touch upon uh, some of the, or highlight some of the major progress you feel Voice of Islam Radio has made so far? Yeah, I mean, uh, the early humble beginning, uh, before we even uh, um, uh, went live from the studio that you're in at the moment, um, we, on that same floor, we had a very small area within the uh, MTA offices, uh, a, a room two by two where uh, um, a digital audio mixer was set up and uh, our operators would come and sit down and, and, and start the, uh, the playouts, uh, the programs which uh, were already pre-recorded. And I think uh, from that humble beginning, Things started to expand, and uh, now um, you can see that the um, the whole uh, infrastructure is uh, is just a state of the art infrastructure. And I think at this point I must mention my other colleague uh, Munir Ahmed, yes. uh, Munir Odasai, sorry, yes. Munir Odasai, the the director of uh, MTA International's production. Yes, um, he was very instrumental, and he. Um, was uh, there to put the entire infrastructure and we worked along our teams worked along with them and uh, so so i think you can see uh, that uh, uh, you know having uh, to run a um a 24 hours seven days a week yes um, uh, infrastructure it requires so much of uh, uh, dedication and the state-of-the-art equipment needs to be so solid that uh, you know you don't see half of the equipment in the comms room, which is actually driving the um, the entire radio station. And I think the biggest other achievements I see that is that uh, uh, beginning everything in a very small room, but now with the grace of God, um, that uh, the radio station can be listened to anywhere in the world uh, through the radio, internet. Uh, web we do web streaming we uh, you know you you can listen to us on uh, on youtube we have an app yes. where you could be anywhere in the world as long as you have a an internet connection uh, you're able to listen to your favorite programs yes well it's been a it's been an amazing journey from from the humble beginning to where we are today um so 
you know, these are the few. <laughs> I mean, there's so much yes, one can talk about, but definitely. obviously just, just trying definitely. to focus on yes. what you want me yes. to say. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. You know, we do have uh, some other guests we will be speaking to as well. It's been a pleasure for uh, speaking with you and you sharing all the highlights as well. Uh, mm-hmm. For now, take care. Good morning and assalamu alaikum. Peace be upon you. Okay, thank you very much for having okay. me. Thank you. So, um, our next guest that we will be speaking to is uh, Mr. Mansoor Clark, who is a missionary of the MDM Muslim community. So, let's listen to that. We have online with us a respected Mansoor Clark, a missionary of the MDM Muslim community. Good morning, peace be upon you, and welcome to the breakfast show. Assalamualaikum warahmatullah. Peace be upon you as well. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on. Just to get into things, as you know, it is uh, um, it is on 7th of February 2016, uh, Voice of Islam was started. So it is the anniversary of Voice of Islam. Could you just give us a little background on how the uh, idea of Voice of Islam came to be? Yeah, sure. So... I think we've we've all witnessed over the various generations and as time has progressed that the uh, the mode and the method through which messages have been delivered across the world have changed according to the needs of the time. We've had all the way back from when people would be talking about from word of mouth to handing out of literature to the holding of symposiums. Um, of course, with the arrival of... Uh, of uh, the, the TV getting out messages through. And all of these mediums and modes have been used to propagate messages of various different sorts, not just religious or not just politics, um, but various sorts. And radio is something that we've always seen across the world as something which is a very powerful medium where it literally can get into people's cars, into people's homes, and you can really have a conversation one-on-one with people um, which creates a rapport which perhaps I would even argue can't even be established through TV in some situations. And with this understanding, uh, of course, the entire credit and the entire kind of um, the, the worth and the value of this idea falls on no one else's uh, shoulders but that of the worldwide head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community at the time, um, yeah. the fifth caliph. And it was actually, it was... Uh, um, his holiness's idea and his holiness's push, which actually made those sparks and those embers that led to the, the roaring kind of furnace that we see at the Voice of Islam today in terms of its, its power and its, its, um, its splendor. And so uh, his holiness instructed that we should start a, um, a radio station. This was very, very early days. And I still remember the, uh, the national president of the Anglican Muslim community in the United Kingdom, um, respected Mr. Rafiq Hayat Saab, um, he called me one day and he said, I'd, I'd like to meet you in the, uh, in the conference room of uh, the Battle of Fatul Mosque. Of course, that area now is, uh, has been fully um, redone and congratulations to everyone that's there as well and can enjoy that beautiful premises. Um, and we met in the boardroom and there's, there's two or three of us there. And um, um, Rafiq Yadzab, he said that this is what we have to start. And so we sat down quite literally with a piece of paper and we started thinking about who would be good to have on the team. Um, and okay. from there, you can imagine just two or three people sitting around a table. Um, we decided what kind of shows we would like in a very primitive form, what, what timings they would air on, what would be the, the content that we would like to have on them, the various differentiations between the shows. And it grew from there. We brought on 
a few missionaries of the MD Muslim community, a few other prominent people who were involved in fields like this or sometimes spheres of life, absolutely nothing to do with media or the radio. And yeah. we, we brought everyone together and we started doing weekly meetings. And by this time, remember, the uh, the lovely studios that you're sitting in right now were, were a, a, a pipe dream. They were, they were nowhere to be found. Um, and what we ended up doing was holding practice recordings in small meeting rooms. And then eventually we, we started going live with a very makeshift studio um, just across the way from where you are now in the in the MTA um, in the MTA block, the uh, Muslim Television Ahmadiyya block. Of course, the, the first 24-hour broadcasting TV station also inaugurated by the community. And we would sit there and we would uh, quite simply sit in a simple room with a couple of technicians around, a couple of people... Um, doing the broadcast. And so it started from very, very humble beginnings. But as I said, um, the prayers and the the push by His Holiness, Hazrat Mizam Muslimah, was very much the guiding force and the guiding power that propelled the Voice of Islam radio to the, to the heights that it's at today. Yeah. Um, uh, I know you've touched upon this as well. Could you delve further into the initial humble beginnings of how the shows were and how we've progressed um, thus far. Sure. So, I mean, in terms of the programs that we had, um, once we'd established uh, the broad agenda and ethos of The Voice of Islam, because remember, of course, it was it's a difficult situation to have where you are broadcasting out to predominantly non Ahmadi Muslims, of course, this is a radio station for, for the masses talking about the lens of Islam. And so you already have an established audience who would want to listen to you, which is members of the community itself. But actually the purpose uh, and the, um, the, the ethos of this, um, of this radio station was to actually speak about general issues pertaining to life outside in the world but giving it the perspective of Islam and trying to establish that sense of justice and that sense of that moral compass on issues. And so it was quite difficult in the beginning to understand what it was that we were trying to achieve in the sense of where to draw the balance, because we could have gone down the very commercial line of let's just do an, a normal discussion show in the morning and a discussion show in the evening and, and, uh, and call it a day. But that would not have been doing justice to the vision that His Holiness had set for the uh, the radio station. Equally, though, if it was a completely um, theological and spiritual-based ch- uh, channel, it would be alienating many of the uh, general listeners around London, around the areas that we were broadcasting to, who perhaps weren't looking for a theological-based conversation. So we, we had to draw a line between the two to kind of bridge the gap. And I think the Voice of Islam now has, has done a very good uh, job in terms of achieving that objective. But what we tried to do in the beginning was we, we saw the seven days as this blank canvas and we, we tried to chalk out a few shows and we tried to work out who would be looking at what show and who the producers would be and who the presenters would be. And of course, remember doing all of this on the basis of a voluntary basis not not yeah. we weren't having yeah. you know high powered and high paid uh, individuals who were being paid to come across the the country to come and present or producers who had 20 30 40 years of experience who knew it like the back of their hand it was it was a bunch of volunteers of yeah. course with a couple of people from MTA helping out as well and so we uh, our, our predominantly 
So that was uh, Mr. Mansoor Clark, who is serving as a missionary at the MD Muslim community. He was also at the, you know, the genesis of Voice of Islam. Um, and uh, the thoughts that he had to share um, were, you know, very inspiring as well. And how His Holiness was there as well at the when when he, him himself and Mr. Reza Sahib, who we spoke to earlier as well, they were both here in the studio when His Holiness came and delivered the inaugural address. And it was an amazing time for them as well. We do have one last uh, interview with uh, our guest, uh, who are members of the Voice of Islam as well, uh, Malahat Atta, uh, Ms. Atta and Sima Brahman. So let's listen to that. Assalamu alaikum, peace be with you. So, why have you both joined the Voice of Islam radio station? Waalaikumsalam, Jazakallah, so much for having us. Um, I joined um, in 2017 and Honestly speaking, I think I joined, it was an ad that came through and it was uh, all about, you know, a little bit of an intro about Voice of Islam and at the time and even now I was really, really interested in current affairs, in news and I was really interested in joining as well as serving um, in the community, like in the local community and even wider. So that was one of the reasons why I really joined um, and when I joined I found out like that we present the Islamic perspective of a lot of news stories and current affairs. So kind of looking at that and how everything so seamlessly links to Islam was one of the things that drew me into joining Voice of Islam in the beginning. That's amazing. Jazakallah. What about yourself, Mulaha Tata? Islamic um, peace be on you both as well and to all the listeners. Uh, so... I joined in back in 2016, officially um, serving the Voice of Islam breakfast show. And my role was that of a researcher, which is quite different to what we have today. And before that, uh, a few months before, I used to be a sort of regular caller. So the way that I came in was through uh, one of my best friends. We studied together at school, having uh, been asked by another colleague, a friend of hers, within the community saying that she needs to go for a dissertation and she would like for someone to take over for a little while and uh, you know she would say okay that's fine I'm, I'm happy to help and this friend of mine then said oh guys please my best friends you know you're, you're here for me so why don't you call in and I thought oh that's wonderful because I'd started university by then and I'd actually already heard a voice of Islam by the time I was leaving for university in September 2015, and I was rather disheartened that I couldn't join in. I was moving out of London. So, and I really wanted to, you know, take part in this wonderful opportunity. It's so exciting. Although I have, I must um, claim this right now, <laughs> do not have any background in journalism or media or whatsoever. Uh, so, yeah, I just thought, okay, well, it'd be nice, but later I'd have a wonderful opportunity coming my way. So I did. That's when my friend actually ended up saying, how would you feel about joining uh, the team? And we did. So all of us friends actually from school worked on this together, despite being in different places and studying in different courses at different universities. It brought us together. It was very, very interesting. And just like Samal Sabah said, current affairs, looking at the news, it um, sort of taught us a lot as well. And we've seen massive, massive growth um, since then and up until what we have now. So the Islamic perspective, actually, we, we didn't really have it as such like that. It was a completely different way to go. So, yeah, that's my experience. 
That's lovely. So th that's actually how I also joined Voices of Islam via a friend who was in the same school as me. And um, but I joined much later than both of you. I joined in 2021. So I've I've been here only for a few years and haven't seen the growth as much, only as a listener. So Mladita, you mentioned some of the growth that Voices of Islam has experienced. What about yourself, Simav? What do you think? Yeah, no, I I agree. I think I also came in as a researcher. I think when I first uh, received or like got the ad, and this was through our student association, and I was, by then I had already graduated. So I, I actually was far ahead of Malahad and the others probably. Um, and I was like kind of stepping into the working world. And yeah, I started off as a researcher and things were very different as they are now. As you can imagine, this was a good like six, six and a half years ago now. And, you know, we, the structure was very different. As Malah had mentioned, like the Islamic perspective wasn't embedded as much. And we as like researchers and producers, we didn't really add that aspect into it when we were um, writing the scripts or uh, working with presenters. Um, but we have come a long way, I think, even like choosing our topics, the way we did back then was very different. The types of topics we did, like the structure and standard we, we had back then, obviously, as we were starting off, it was very different. We were learning a lot. And that was like a very interesting time, I think. And again, I think we were a smaller team back then as well. Not that many people. And you know, we had massive growth and so many people join us in these last couple of years as well. So a lot of a lot of differences, I think, from back then and now. A lot of, I would say, uh, improvements by the grace of Allah. So things have changed a lot over the years, you mentioned, Simar. So in the beginning, we all didn't know what was going on. And we've also had a big influx of people joining the breakfast show, especially recently, Malahat, you've been recruiting people and um, well, you've had help with people recruiting and you've been leading the training for them as well. So how has training differed recently compared with when Voice of Islam first started with a small team? Mm, that's a very interesting question that you've asked. So yes, um, I believe all of us are doing our utmost best to recruit people and just promote Voice of Islam, the breakfast show, and you know, just in general about the wonderful opportunities that are available for us to volunteer and help out with. But uh, when, for example, we initially joined in, there was no training, and uh, it was a lot of it was just learning on the go. And I think it's still is the case for that. However, we have made a lot of progress to the point where now we actually, uh, you know, set up training sessions. So we actually have someone who is uh, responsible for recruitment, like a lead recruiter, one of our colleagues, and someone who actually handles training. That's me. Uh, I've been given the, the role of uh, lead training and development uh, somehow purely because I think I'm interested in that area. I like to support my colleagues as best as I can so that they can do their role easily and just to look after their well-being as well because I would like to have them feeling happy and 
um, excited about doing this so that they, they can cover things that they like, but at the same time, um, give the most important news that needs to be told out there. So I really uh, am passionate about that, and I want this to be the, at the forefront. But we need to make sure that we follow certain rules and regulations and do this in the best way possible for everyone. So to do that, we need to design training and that training is delivered in various different ways, not only verbally, but also uh, through discussions, through material that they can read, that they can see. So uh, the head of production, um, Hamid Aibal, has very kind, respected Hamid Aibal, has very kindly uh, created a training module for us that encompass a lot of different areas that we need to know about, that we need to have awareness of, despite the difference in the roles that we all have. So those modules are given for them to read and review, and then you know people organize training sessions, and they go and receive the training. They have one-to-one -one discussions. On top of that, there is the mentorship program as well, so that after they've received the training and they start working into the different shows, they're assigned a buddy uh, by their team usually. Um, or if not, then the mentorship program for the producers allows them to have an experienced producer to answer any of their questions whenever they want so that they never feel like they're alone. And that's really the main difference. Yeah, I think I would agree with you, Malahad. It's been an, an incredibly in, uh, interesting, I think, journey, like as with, uh, no training to like having a proper robust training structure and like training team and a very um, like a, a structure in place we did in like in the beginning um, I remember because everything is a learning curve in the beginning we're still finding our fit and we're still understanding how shows work and again I also didn't have any media training and many of the volunteers as, as Voice of Islam is run by volunteers um, didn't also didn't have media training. There was a lot of like, we really needed to understand what it means to work it within the media, like and understanding the regulations and rules, etc. So there's a long way that we've come in terms of like making that training really robust and making sure we take all of that into consideration as well. So, what kind of fond memories or enjoyable moments do you have in relation to Voice of Islam radio station? Uh, so I think Malhat Saiber would agree that every moment at Voice of Islam is an enjoyable memory or becomes a very enjoyable memory um, that we can always look back at. <laughs> but especially in recent years, I think we, I guess the, the level of, I guess, professionalism, the number of people that we've had and just working together as, as a team and kind of like a family has been a really um, has been really nice and really kind of a memorable, memorable thing for me. Um, in the last year or the year before that, we actually had a segment during Ramadan where we, as some of the producers, were actually able to present a segment on um, during Ramadan, which was actually really, really interesting as well. Of course, Voice of Islam has loads of different shows um, for a lot of people that have different interests but we had the opportunity to also bring our, our you know try and show our listeners a little bit of our skills as well um, so that was a, a nice little fond memory uh, to get together and plan that as well. I echo that I think you've done a fantastic job 
at relaying what I was thinking because there is no one such memory I can honestly tell you. The best thing is, and I will always uh, take this forward as well, having the opportunity, like I've mentioned, of working with, you know, uh, my very, very close and dear friends uh, was really great. The fact that I was, you know, away outside of London, away from them all, um, and it's, you know, it's the community a little bit, it, this is what kept me together. This is what kept me sane and allowed me to have conversations with them. And I still felt like, oh, you know, we are in uh, continuous contact and I'm talking to lots of different people and I'm getting to meet so many different people around the world even. That's what the thing that I am really marvel at is that we are all global, but in different time zones and we're getting phone notifications and messages all, at all times. But we're, we're just so close. And it really does feel like a family. And um, I really struggle with uh, dropping the honorific cyber is, you know, is there to say like a myth or respect. And I really struggle with it. But I love it because that's, that's part of what we do. And we get to do so many different exciting things, share different stories that we're passionate about and raise awareness for. So it's, it's a great joy, great joy. And I'm truly blessed. Thank you. Thank you so much, both of you, for coming on today and speaking about your experiences on Voice of Islam. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you so much for having us. The pleasure and honour is mine. So some passionate volunteers, volunteer uh, Lejna team of the Voice of Islam, you know, sharing their thoughts, their experiences of uh, what it's been through, what they have been through uh, with, the, with the Voice of Islam radio. I think it's been nice to see how... Um, you know, really grew from yes. very humble beginnings. Most definitely. And you can, from what they've said as well, mm. you understand how <laughs> this was something that, you know, we we just jumped into and yes. and we grew from there. Mm. Sometimes you have to jump in the deep end um, to, yes. to really learn. Yes, definitely. And it's not definitely. something that, you know, we all came with and mm. just had experience with and, you know, but because of that, we were hmm. we are now presenters or producers yes. or whatever it is. But once you have adapted, right? You yeah. you like when you jump in the deep end, as you say, you don't yeah. know how to swim. But once you learn how to swim, it's, it's yeah. a good feeling. It's a great feeling. Yeah, absolutely. It's a new skill. It's yes. something which uh, we're, we're benefiting from. Um, definitely. So we're, definitely. we're hoping that dear, our yes. dear listener that, that you're also benefiting from yes. these shows um, because you know that for us yes. they're very. They we have a really personal connection yes. with them as well, and we want them to really benefit you. And um, you know this. What Definitely. we're doing is for is for your And for as we always say, you know, it is a live show. You yeah. can call and call us in at oto eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight, or tweet us at the Voice of Islam UK. And we're always looking for you know fresh minds, new volunteers, anyone who'd like to help in any regards. They can also join the Voice of Islam community as well. Or if you have any like um, stories or anything, how yes. Voice of Islam has affected yes. you and you know the experiences you've had because most of that. definitely, most definitely. So we'll just end on uh, a saying of the Promised Messiah, the founder of the Muslim community, peace be upon him, who said, "Certainly, you can never acquire true righteousness until you spend out of wealth which you cherish and, and value for the sake and the welfare of humanity. You must fulfill the rights of the poor and deprived. You must love and help those who are vulnerable and stay away from all forms of wrong and waste." And His Holiness, the current head of the MDA Muslim community, also said that the voice of Islam will manifest the fact that Islam is a religion that teaches Muslims in all countries, in all eras, to join together with different groups in their societies in an effort to unite mankind in peace and to help their nations prosper and flourish. So we are we have come to a to the end of today's breakfast show. I'd just like to thank the uh, 
the trainee producer Zainab Khan, the producer Hanya Yaqub, um, Han- the researchers Hanan Ashraf and uh, Maliha Kamar, Maida Mubashira Noura and uh, the presenter and the technical department Armagan Ahmed. As always, it's been a pleasure. Dear listener, take care. Have a good morning. Peace be upon you and Assalamu alaikum warahmatullah.